The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We're uh, so glad that you're here with us today. We are wrapping up a series on the book of Isaiah, where we've been looking at these sort of hopeful passages within this prophetic book, and there are many of them, and so I'm, I'm cheating a little bit this morning. I'm, I let Bobby read one. I'm going to read another one from Isaiah chapter 9, 2 through 7. I won't be here next Sunday, but, but Larry Jackson has graciously agreed to fill in in my spot, and um, I, I don't know if you know it or not, but Larry and Susie celebrated 50 years of marriage this last week, and so we uh, congratulate them on that wonderful accomplishment. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, the staff for his shoulder... The rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, many people uh, flocked to the theaters this weekend to see the new Star Wars movie. And I confess I was one of those people. Um, I, I grew up with Star Wars, and I'm, I'm glad that they are now continuing this franchise. And it's likely that this film, uh, like the others, is going to set some records. But what is it about Star Wars that appeals to so many people? I mean, just think about young and old, male and female, people from various countries around the world. Uh, they, they all love these movies. They all love this story. Why is this? Well, you could have a a long conversation exploring and debating the intricacies of this beloved story, and there are people who are willing to do that. Um, but, But I think that there is one theme that runs throughout all these films that appeals to many people. It's a story about dark versus light. And this comes up over and over again. And there are strong characters on both sides. And people keep returning to these movies because this is an important theme for every one of us. And Star Wars is not the first story or film to pick up on this theme. In fact, we find it in Isaiah. And the text opens with these lines. The people who walked in darkness 
have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And so we are attracted to stories about darkness and light because they point to reality. Deep down, we know that we are living out what we see on the screen or read in the pages of a book. We understand that our lives are filled with moments of darkness and moments of light. We live in a world that is often dark, but at times it also displays moments of brilliance and light. We may not want to admit it, but we even find darkness and light within ourselves. As Christians, we strive to follow the light but occasionally, we give in to the darkness. And Isaiah's opening lines in chapter 9 are powerful. They could appear on a movie screen. Isaiah and the people of Israel are living in a time of darkness. It is a time of uncertainty. Um, just a little historical background. Assyria is on the march and guess what? Poor little Israel stands in her way. It is dark. But Isaiah provides hope by pointing people to the light. Uh, we find the same thing at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. Again, it is a dark time for Israel. Rome is occupying their land, a foreign power. Herod, an unjust leader who does not deserve to sit on the throne uh, is there and he has control people are being oppressed and in the midst of this darkness Zechariah speaks these words by the tender mercy of our God the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace Although they are surrounded by darkness, Zechariah prophesies that there is a light that is upon the horizon. And so the current darkness they are experiencing, it's not going to continue. A light is coming and it's going to overcome it. It's no wonder that we have stories like Star Wars today that at its core is a story about darkness and light. And it's not just Star Wars. One of the top songs a few years ago was by a band named Florence and the Machine, and the song was Shake It Out, and it was played all over the radio. And throughout the song, an important refrain is repeated several times, and the singer keeps coming back to this one line, it's always darkest before the dawn. And she's saying that it may be dark now, but just wait for the light because it's coming. And this is what we long for as human beings. We want the light to overcome the darkness. We want to break free from this darkness that surrounds us. We want the light to appear, but sometimes it feels like all we're doing is waiting. And we may wonder what the light will bring when it finally arrives. We know that this is what we want, it's what we desire, 
but what will it really mean for our life? Well, as we have traveled through Isaiah the last few weeks, we have seen glimpses of what the light is going to bring. And so, we have been told there's going to be peace, that that people are going to take their swords, they're going to beat them into plowshares. They're going to take these weapons that are intended to take life, and they're going to turn them into instruments that sustain life. And we learn that the land will be healed from the curse of sin. And what was once a desert will now become a paradise. And the lamb will lie down with the wolf. And strife between humans and nations and even wildlife will be eliminated. All of God's creatures, everything is going to get along. And not only that, but every illness, every sickness, every disease is going to be healed. And the blind will see and the lame will walk. And God is light. And when God comes... This is what he does. In chapter 9, Isaiah goes even further. And so he not only tells us what to expect, but he also tells us who to look for. And so he writes these famous words, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so, Isaiah announces that God is coming in the form of a child. And the people who heard this were were living in fear because a great nation was attempting to conquer them. In fact, it was the world superpower, the, the greatest nation that was around during that time. And here's little old Israel, and, and, and this nation's coming. Uh, think of how powerful Russia or China is, consider the threat of nuclear weapons in the hands of an evil country. And some of you have lived through threats like that during the Cuban Missile Crisis. The threat Israel was facing was real. And they were living in dark times. But Isaiah says, do not fear, a child is coming. How could a baby possess that much power? What was so special about this child? Well, Isaiah gives us a list of names that that he's going to be called by. But it's the name in Isaiah chapter 7 that gives us the real clue. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son And she'll call his name Emmanuel. And so the child is Emmanuel. Which literally means God is with us. And so this child is not like any other child that has ever been born. This child changes everything. He ushers in a new era because he is the Messiah. 
He is God in the flesh. And now we begin to understand why it is appropriate to call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now we know why the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now we can begin to grasp why a child should cause us not to fear Assyria, Babylon, Rome, Russia, China, ISIS, or or any other entity that seeks to threaten God's people. Because when God is with us, we have nothing to fear. This child, born in a manger 2,000 years ago, changed everything. He conquered sin and death. He overcame the two biggest obstacles we face. Because sin robs us of our humanity. And death robs us of life. And Jesus came to restore humanity and to give us eternal life. And he taught us how to live. He taught us what it means to be human. Something that we had forgotten because sin had just corrupted everything. And Jesus holds the answers to that so many people are looking for. Uh, You think about psychologists, doctors, professors. They they spend countless hours studying humanity. And everyone recognizes that humanity is complex. We recognize that uh, we all have problems. uh, But experts have not found a solution to solving humanity's problem. And this is because they're looking in the wrong place. The problem is sin. And Jesus showed us how to live a life without sin. And if everyone would learn to live like Jesus, then there would no longer be any wars. Uh, there would not be any killing or lying or stealing or, or any of that stuff. We, we would not be riddled with anxiety. We would not be self-absorbed. But instead we would be filled with joy as we seek to care for the needs of others. And we have the solution right in front of us, but are we willing to take the risk and follow in the footsteps of Emmanuel? And Jesus being born begins something new. And so God is is working in the world to restore and to redeem all things. He has set in motion a plan to eliminate sin and to destroy death. And what is sick will be healed, what is broken will be mended, evil will be defeated, and the faithful followers of God will live in His presence. And and we long for the completion of all these things that begin with the coming of Christ. Jesus is, as Paul states, the first fruits. And so what was started by Him will be completed when he returns. But we don't have to wait until then to enjoy the blessings of Jesus. Because the eternal eternal life that he promises, it begins the moment that we are baptized. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. And that when we seek to follow him, 
and we begin to walk in his ways, we unlock a trove of wisdom that we're not going to find in the world. And so he teaches us a new way to live. And he guides us in the ways that we need to go. And there have been millions and millions of dollars spent each year on pop psychology. That's because people want to know how to live. Uh, Many people don't know. They want to know how to get rid of stress and and anxiety. They want to know how to live debt-free. They want more joy in their life. They want their life to be meaningful, to have a purpose. And Jesus gives us the wisdom to what all these people are seeking. He is our wonderful counselor. And he is mighty God. Just think how radical it was for Isaiah to call a human child mighty God. Some thought that this was blasphemous. No one expected God to take on flesh and to live among us. And now we sort of take this idea for granted because we've heard it all our life. But it was a controversial thing when it happened. No one imagined that God would become a human. But this is exactly what he did. He left heaven to be with us. He came nearer than he's ever been before. And he did it for us. And he felt the pain of death so that we might have salvation. And in the greatest commission he promised to be with us always and and that promise that he gave to his disciples is still for us today and he lives among his people he lives within our heart and our creator understands us better than anyone else and he's always willing to listen and it may sound funny to call jesus everlasting father but that's exactly what isaiah does And Jesus, if you think about it, he cares for us like a parent. He wants the best for us. We were all created in his image. And so we are his children. He wants us to live up to our full potential. And like a a father, he watches over us. He, He looks after our needs. He provides for us. He blesses us. And we we have to thank him for our very existence and our being. He's the source of wisdom and life, and we should be thankful for his presence in our life. And Jesus is also Prince of Peace. His goal is to bring peace. And this is stated throughout Scripture. It's stated over and over again. He wants to bring peace to creation. He wants to bring peace to humanity. He wants to end all strife. And as his children, we're called to be peacemakers. We're called to join Jesus in this work. And so wherever we can help to end strife, we are doing the work of God. And Jesus brings peace in many ways, but one of the most meaningful is the inner peace that he gives his followers. And so he, he never promises us a life that's going to be easy Um, or without pain but he does promise us a peace which surpasses understanding and a peace that cannot be taken from us and this is a blessing that we're able to enjoy right now 
Uh, Isaiah has been called the fifth gospel. And so you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Isaiah. And it's been called a gospel because there are so many passages in it that, that reference uh, Jesus. It actually contains the word gospel. Um, the book of Isaiah presents the good news that God is coming. Uh, the people of Isaiah's day had to trust the word of a prophet. But we know what he spoke of has come true. We know about Emmanuel. We know that a child was born of a virgin. We know that this child came bringing wisdom, love, and peace. We know that what Isaiah foresaw has forever changed the world. His coming has changed the lives of people in this room today. He has conquered sin. He has defeated death. And he has invited us all to walk in his ways so that we might experience all the blessings that he has come to bring us. So may we forever turn from darkness and follow in the path of the light of the world that is Emmanuel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the word of your prophet Isaiah and the hope that he brings us and the joy that he brings us. And we love reading about, his, about your son in this book. And Father, we're especially blessed in that we live in a time where we have seen the fulfillment of many of these prophecies. And we know that your son has come, that he has lived here on this earth, and that he's died for our sins. And we're thankful for that life, and we pray that we'll be shaped into his image and that we'll look like him more and more each day. Father, we also recognize that we still live in a dark world, and um, we pray that you'll be with us as we seek to bring peace and healing to this world, and we long for the day when Jesus returns and we'll make all things right. Until then, may we be a light in the world as we follow the one true light, your Son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.